Get on Team Shaq with WinBet. We're playing parlays, boosting odds, and laying the wildest prop bets. Don't miss another game. Download the WinBet sports betting app today. Sign up today and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 first-time wager on a straight bet or parlay. That's $200 that you can use for all the upcoming basketball action, including the men's basketball tournament. If you bet at least $500 during the first and second round of the tournament, you can get a trip to the five-star rated Win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 85 of the That's So Mets podcast. Baseball is back. Spring training is happening. Finally, the lockout is over. And since we've talked to you guys, a lot has happened. The Mets have made a huge move in trading for starting pitcher Chris Bassett, who will fall right into the rotation just behind Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. A massive move for this team. They've signed Adam Adovino, a right-handed reliever for their bullpen they are still actively involved in the left-hander market and we'll see if there's any bat added to this team so spring training is going on it's been fun to hear from buck showalter every day since they've been down there thank god pete alonzo is okay after what looked like a crazy car accident episode number 85 the steven negosic show he is the only met to wear number 85 so with that being said Joe, I've never been this happy to welcome you in, man. We are finally back on track for a full baseball season. Baseball is back. Like, it, it's so funny. Like, we recorded, obviously, just a week ago. It might as well have been, like, five years ago with how much the baseball landscape has changed from Thursday to now Tuesday. Uh, baseball's back. Spring training's happening. You got gloves snapping, pitchers throwing bullpens, obliques. You got everything that comes with spring training. So I'm just glad baseball's back. I'm glad they were able to figure it out. Like, obviously, there's, you know, we could spend a long time talking about the CBA. But uh, like we've been saying for the last month plus, that the uh, CBA essentially looks similar to what the proposals were for the last month. Some things obviously switched around, some more money where MLB came up on minimum salaries and the CBT and and the uh, arbitration or uh, pre-arbitration pool, but enough of those stupid numbers. We got baseball. We're back. We don't need to worry about that stuff anymore. And uh, shout out to Steven Nagosik, who's like a, a cat with nine lives with the Mets. How many times that they've uh, desi- they've designated him for assignment, and he just keeps coming back for more. And he's he's in camp as a non-roster invite. So uh, Steven Nagosik, they, they can't get rid of him if they try. I mean, Steven Nagosik is going to make an appearance for the Mets at some point this year. It's um, I, I mean, it feels like it's going to happen because, like you said, Joe, he is on the Mets roller coaster on and off the roster and the legendary number 85. So it's so great to kick off the show and not have to discuss the CBA negotiations. Instead, we get to kick off the show and discuss the what I, I think will be the last major Mets move of an incredible offseason. They make the trade for Chris Bassett. We had heard the Mets connected to a lot of different pitchers on the trade market, which kind of told you what they thought of what was left and the money they'd have to spend in the bare bones starting pitcher market after they got Scherzer and a lot of big names went off the board. 
Obviously, Carlos Rodon went off the board very early after the lockout uh, ended. So they go out and, and, you know, obviously they pay a pretty big price by this deal headlined in terms of the return with JT Ginn going back to the A's. But Chris Bassett, you know, before I throw this to you, Joe, and I want your full thoughts on the trade, because obviously, you know, the two prospects better than anybody that went in return. Obviously, I love this move. I am a uh, big believer in don't do the one foot in, one foot out dance if you're all in to win a World Series. You're either all in to win a World Series. And yes, you can still be responsible, right? Like they didn't go out and trade Brett Beatty and Ronnie Mauricio for Chris Bassett. That's not what I'm saying. But they gave up a little and they got themselves a chance that, let's be real, if one of the two big dogs at the top and Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer need some time for injuries or whatever it may be, you have a legitimate number three. I mean, on most staffs, obviously Bassett is a bona fide number two. So this was a big time move for a team that is guns blazing, not trying to win the division, not trying to make the playoffs, not trying to win the National League. They are trying to win a World Series. And my only concern with this trade is I wish Chris Bassett was under team control for 2023 because I've been very vocal. The Mets folks right now are in a two year window. Max Scherzer is going to be here for the next two years. If Jacob DeGrom is healthy and back to form, he's not going anywhere, despite the opt-out talk. They have a lot of guys on two-year contracts. You know, obviously, Canna and Escobar. This is a team that in the next two years, they are foot on the gas pedal down to the floor to win a World Series. So maybe they could tack on a year to Chris Bassett at some point or even after the year. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the move. But Joe, obviously, I want your wide lens view of the Mets' big trade. So I, I guess I'll preface it with my normal, I hate trading prospects, but um, I understand the trade for sure. Uh, Chris Bassett, like you said, he's a bona fide three here. He's probably a number two for most staffs. Uh, he's a guy that was kind of late to starting too. So he doesn't really have the same mileage that a guy his age would normally have on his arm. So if he comes and he performs like he has in Oakland and like would be expected of him, there's no reason why the Mets can't give him a two or three year extension after this. Like if they want to keep him around, they can. That's that's the fun part. I I do agree with you as far as obviously you prefer people with more service time. But with Steve Cohen as the owner, if they want to keep him, they can just keep him like he has the money. He can do it if he wants to. Um, but like you said, too, it was a big price to pay. Like I see a lot of you know people very optimistic and saying, you know, great trade for the Mets. And it was a good trade. I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think the Mets did give up a pretty penny to get a guy that's under one year of control. Uh, a guy like JT Ginn, who's my number, was my number one pitching prospect in the system. You know, he may never fulfill his upside as a number two type of starter. Like, But if JT Ginn is six years of a number four starter, Oakland is overjoyed the trade one year of Chris Bassett in the sort of pseudo rebuild to get a guy for six years that they could control that. Like I am supremely confident that JT Ginn's going to be in a big league rotation. Uh, how good he is, obviously time will tell, but I do think it was a, a big price to pay with him. And and then Adam Oller's a guy that I think could be the A's fifth starter on opening day. Like he is essentially major league ready. Uh, I was I did hear that the Mets were a little resistant to also include 
Adam Aller, but when push came to shove, they wanted Chris Bassett and they weren't going to let Adam Aller stand in the way. So Oakland gets controllable starting pitching that they can use for years to come. The Mets get a guy that can help them win right now. Like you said, it is a two-year window as all the contracts are kind of set up as. And, you know, the they're going for it. I can't I can't hate on them for going for it because they've so long or for so long have not done so. So little high price, but not like a inexcusably high price where it's just like, what are you thinking? Uh, just a little probably the Mets probably slightly overpaid, but you're OK with that if it all works out like you hope. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of how the trade market will go quite often. I, and look at the trade prices around the league right now, Joe. I mean, the Braves gave up a significant haul to get oh, yeah. Olsen, and which is the fact that they paid him after and the whole Freddie Freeman oh, thing. I mean, by who, the way, right. Who am I to criticize the Braves? But I am I am floored by that. Let me tell you, uh, Matt Olsen gave them a sweetheart deal. He took twenty one million dollars a year for eight years. Like that's Olsen did them a bit of a solid because he's two years. He's two years out from free agency, so he didn't have to do anything. Uh, so he gave them a bit of a sweetheart deal. They gave up an absolute haul for him. Christian Pache, uh, Shea Langliers. So the the A's have a bunch of catching now. They have Sean Murphy right now, who's their incumbent young quality catcher. And now their top two prospects in their system are catchers. So they have a lot of catching. Um, they also got the Braves first round pick from this past year, Ryan Cusick in the deal. So yeah, they paid an absolute haul. I just find it I do find it a little odd how Atlanta handled the Freddie Freeman situation. I mean, it's kind of like a David Wright, a Derek Jeter. Like, that's what Freddie Freeman Absolutely is. Absolutely. The they just want to run theories with him. And they wouldn't go to a sixth year for him, um, which, okay, if you want to get down to nitty gritty, fine. You want to draw a line at five, you can do that. But the one thing that I saw that I didn't really like is they didn't, they reportedly didn't tell him that they were making the Olsen trade before they did. So Freddie kind of found out with everybody else, which to me on is Twitter. Kind of, yeah. On Twitter or what, however he found out, maybe his agent told him whatever, but like he didn't find out from the Braves. And to me, like that wasn't the best way to handle it with your franchise player. So not the best look, but Hey, they got a really high quality first baseman that, is now going to be hitting dingers against the Mets for the next eight years. Not against Scherzer, DeGrom, or Bassett. But with yeah. that being said, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just it goes back to the point of trade prices are very expensive right now. The Mets paid a pretty good price. The Braves obviously paid a huge price. Um, there's, But, you know, they got good players in return. So we'll transition there, Joe. I think everybody's question is, and judging by the responses to your tweet of the week, What's left to do? You know, Adovino, right-handed bullpen arm who I know everybody's got mixed opinions on him. He's like the fourth option in the bullpen from the right. So I don't really get the the panic over signing him. I will say to me, it's very obvious. And I've said this. I've almost annoyed you to this point with the Andrew Chafin talk. But I just think that to me, it's you sign Andrew Chafin as your lefty and then you kind of you know, rub your clap the dust off your hands until the trade deadline to see if you need to get a big time bopper at the trade deadline. But that would be my move. And then let's play ball. For me, I think there's two things they still need to do. A left-handed reliever, like you said, could be an Andrew Chafin. Thin market. Uh, Yeah, it's a thin market. It could be Andrew Miller. Um, 
maybe they find that trade for Caleb Smith that I talked about a month ago, but they need a lefty in that bullpen and they signed Mike Montgomery to a minor league deal today. That ain't it. Like he last year, he was with the Mets. He opted out, went to the Yankees, pitched to like a seven ERA in their triple A, went to Korea, pitched to like a five ERA in Korea. So they need a left-handed reliever. There's no way around it. Um, Alex Claudio is a guy that could co- potentially compete for a role. Uh, he he at least has had success against lefties in his career. So that's kind of like their quote-unquote internal option. But they absolutely need to add a lefty reliever. Like I said, whether it's a Chafin, whether it's uh, Andrew Miller or somebody on the trade market that we're not thinking of, that needs to happen. Uh, I think they could use some more starting pitching depth in the form of minor league deals. Uh, so that's a little lower on the scale because obviously you have Taiwan Walker questionable to some level for opening day. Uh, Buck also said Carlos Carrasco's on a similar timeline. So, you know, there's there's at least a little wonder in the rotation. But the last true need after left-hand relief is a fourth outfielder. Um, I love Khalil Lee. I love Nick Plummer. Like, I like those guys. I like, you know, a couple of the uh, guys that they have in as non-roster invites Carlos Cortez and friend of the show, Jake Mangum. Like those guys are going to be in AAA, a call away kind of thing. But I think they really could use a veteran out there that even if it, it doesn't even need to be someone awesome. It could be a Brett Gardner. It could be a Tommy Pham. It could be a Jock Peterson. Like those are Eddie Rosario. Like those I are the guys. All of those guys are free agents besides yeah. Rosario. Yeah. They're all, they're all free agents. So like, the like sign one of those guys like to me lefty reliever fourth outfielder so that way Khalil Lee is now your fifth outfielder in AAA and you know eventually you're going to need him but you have the veteran there and then if you could add a little more starting pitching depth and sprinkle depth around I think that's really all you need to do and I do wonder though what's going to happen with the three veterans that we've been talking about getting traded for two months are they just going to keep them all? Man, it's well, I mean, let's get right. In. I mean, there's no reason to wait. We'll spread out the mailbag today. This one from Yosef. He said it doesn't seem like the Mets are dealing Dom, JD, etc. I'm sure he means McNeil. So how are they going to deal with the large variety of bench bats? I, and I look at it and go, I, you know, Buck spoke today as you and I sit here and record on our Tuesday evening, as we always do on the That's So Mets pod. And Buck said it really nothing changed. Buck was just explaining JD's going to take a lot of reps at third and Dom's going to take reps at first and left field. Uh, I believe McNeil is the starting second baseman, which shouldn't surprise anyone. So. I mean, I look at this and go, my one problem with the Mets. Is that Marte and Nimmo are going to start right in Canna. So when you look at it they don't really have a defensive replacement. They are just going to play guys the entire game, which you just don't want to wear out an older player like Marte or a very injury prone player like Nimmo. It's all very, or maybe you, that's your answer right there. There's rep management where you're going to see a lot of Dom Smith back in left field. There is the DH position that gives JD more at bats than he traditionally would get, especially against lefties. And then there's the total wild card in all of this that I will throw my hands up and admit I don't have any answers right now. And Robinson Cano, when you look at the roster construction right now, Joe, as somebody who just said that they need an extra outfielder, uh, what are they doing with all of these guys? It's 
right now, when I look at their roster, I go, this is a deep team. This is a quality roster. But the roster just doesn't make much sense. It's flawed. Like it's flawed. Yeah. There's no defensive value other than Luis Guillerme and Nito on the bench. I mean, Dom Smith is, you know, fine as a first baseman, but he's not an outfielder. So his defensive value is kind of very secluded to a position that uh, Pete Alonso wants to play every day. So it's not like there's a ton of uh, flexibility there. J.D. Davis, we've talked about it a lot. He's not really a de- defensive player anywhere. So I don't know how they're going to fit it because t- another thing to take into account, how American League teams, and which are now everybody, when you have a DH, you usually go a guy lighter on your bench than the National League teams did. You you go one heavier in the bullpen and one lighter in, on the uh, batting bench. So I don't know how they're making room for all these guys. So I, I do wonder if they could take a guy like J.D. Davis and maybe flip him to try to replenish some pitching prospects in the system. Like if they're able to sign, I'll give you Andrew Chafin for to make you smile. Like Ooh, sign Andrew Sheriff. Sh- yeah, sign the Sheriff, sign Jock Peterson or Eddie Rosario or Brett Gardner or whatever, and then trade J.D. Davis to someone that wants him for pitching prospects. Because let's be honest, after trading Ginn and, you know, Aller's on a lower level, but the pitching in the system is, you know, it's Matt Allen coming off surgery. It's Calvin Ziegler and Dominic Hamill from last year. And then it's, you know, lower end draft picks like Mike Vassell and guys like Joel Diaz coming over from the Dominican Republic. Like there's no pitching here. So I wonder if JD might be used more as a way to get prospects in the system uh, rather than maybe JD for a reliever. Yeah, I think that's the the hope. It's just a matter of if, if he holds any value to do that. And, you know, Suppose, I, supposedly four teams were interested in him after the lockout. So uh, maybe their interest has not been enough yet. But, you know, even though it's been a crazy last four days, like a lot of things have happened, there's still a lot of things that have not happened yet. None of the mega star free agents have signed Freddie Freeman, Correa. which is insane, by the way. Yeah, Chris Bryant, of, the only team Chris connected Bryant. to him is the Rockies. What is that? <laughs> uh, the Rockies don't know what they're doing, man. Um, he I mean, can't go there. We can't yeah, allow him to go. There. Yeah, we can't allow him to go there. But my, I guess he would go there, and then they would just trade him at the deadline. Like yep. they would look at, they would look at it as we're paying for prospects. We the just, Nelson Cruz. That's what the Nationals yeah. just did. Yeah, the Nationals will trade will trade Nelson Cruz at the deadline when they stink too. So these guys have to find homes. You know, I, I, you know, while it may feel like obviously spring training game is like the Mets' first spring training game is Saturday, which means that's close. But it still feels like there's so much in baseball that is unsettled that I'm waiting for like we've had a rush of things. Bob waiting for that rush rush where it's just like if you refresh Twitter two minutes apart, there's going to be like five moves that happen. Like I'm waiting for that to happen because it has to at some point like Conforto hasn't signed. Schwarber hasn't signed all these guys. No one signed. And, you know, a guy like J.D. is had some interest. I believe the report was it was uh, Boston, Chicago, Minnesota, and somebody else. Like there was four teams that were interested. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But I do think there's still a chance that JD's traded. Don't I wouldn't go too crazy about uh, you know Buck's comments about plans for him because you know he's here until he's not. Like 
I mean, let's think about it this way. Matt Olson got told he was getting traded while he was working out on the field. And he did a media session in the dugout in his A's workout gear, talking about getting traded to Atlanta. Uh, Brian Snicker, the Braves manager, was told by a reporter that they got Matt Olson because he was on the field for two hours. He had to talk to Alex Anthopoulos. He was doing what he was doing. And the reporter goes, hey, Brian, just so you know, a report from Jeff Passan, you guys have got Matt Olson. And he's like, oh, all right. Like, Wow. It, it, it's that crazy that these trades are happening kind of while people are working out. So it's it's a very weird intersection of the winter meetings and spring training at the same time. Yeah, it's been nuts. There's no, and I'm sure it's been nuts for all the employees in baseball trying to navigate these times. So, I mean, Buck even said he's gone back to look at notes from 30 years ago with the the tight spring training coming out of the lockout to look at like compare what did what they did then, what they could do now, and how to ramp guys up effectively. So it's just a weird time in the game. in a, In a weird way, I'm sure that's not exciting to them, but to us, it's very exciting that there's a uniqueness to this season and we're just happy to have baseball back. So it goes without saying that we are all missing travel right now, but you know what else we're missing? Getting more with Priceline. You can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels and you can also get exclusive deals on car rentals, flights, and more. And when you save more, you can do more, more. Wow. This view is incredible. More. Mmm, another round of room service, please. More? Yes! I'm extending my vacation. Sorry, boss. If you're listening, just ignore that last part. Priceline knows that every trip is a big deal. So when you're ready to book your next one, check out Priceline.com for the easiest way to get more wow, mmm, and yes, just to name a few. Make sure to download the Priceline app for even more savings. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Start hiring right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at indeed.com slash bluewire. Offer valid through March 31st. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and condition apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we move into the rest of the mailbag and, um, you know, the end, the end of this episode, I promise we'll get we'll get pretty interesting. We wanted to talk about the apparent um, ban for unvaxxed players to play in their New York home games. And if you haven't heard about this, the basic gist of it is it's the Kyrie Irving situation, essentially. And if you haven't heard about that, I I, I don't know you know where you, <laughs> you must not live in the tri-state area, but 
essentially, if you are not vaccinated, uh, there is a rule in New York that you would not be able to play your home games if you are a New York Met or a New York Yankee, a New York athlete, right? And uh, Joe and I want to be, you know, particular with how we we discuss the situation because we don't know. Besides seeing on social media, right, like who on the Mets is vaccinated, like they posted pictures. We know of Lindor and Diaz, I believe was a picture. And correct me if I jump in here at any point, Joe, if I ever say anything just off base. But I remember Lindor and Diaz, you know, being vaccinated. But uh, the reality of, you know, the situation is unless things have changed, I'm sure there's a player or a handful or who knows that aren't Uh, the Yankees. There's been so much coverage around. You know, obviously, Aaron Judge, who has not answered the question when asked to him. And this is just something that we need to keep an eye on, because unless this mandate or ban is lifted uh, by the mayor of New York, it it's going to impact the Mets and the Yankees in some kind of capacity. There will be guys that cannot play home games. And if you're sitting here wondering, <laughs> What changed from last year when the pandemic was obviously, um, you know, the numbers were very high at particular parts of the season. Compared to now, it's this is something that was enforced or there was an exception, I believe, last year for players to play, for athletes to play. And that exception does not exist right now. And that's why Kyrie Irving has not been able to play. Um, So this is just a it goes back to the conversation we just had a unique situation that unless it's lifted and changed, this will impact New York City baseball, what, less than a month from now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it will certainly have a big impact. And like you said, I have no idea who is or is not vaxxed, and I'd rather not speculate. I have no idea. Yeah, it's not worth it. All I know is last year the Mets were not at the 85% threshold. Um, So – there were one of, I think, five organizations or something, because that kind of information is public. Like and the roster has changed a lot, but still. yeah, that's why I was just gonna say the roster has changed a lot. So we don't know if you know players that have left were on that list, and players who have came in were on the upset list. So maybe you know maybe they're above the eighty-five now. Uh, you know, certainly don't know if they're hundred percent or not. But like you said, obviously, if this continues on. The Mets will have and Yankees will have players that are not able to play home games. And that's 81 games or however, until they change the rules. Uh, I I did see uh, someone from ESPN, Marley Rivera, actually uh, seemed to speculate that teams are expecting that to not be the case come opening day. But until it's not, you know, notice we don't know, Joe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So until. Until something changes, plan on some amount of Mets players not partaking in baseball at City Field and only on the road. So, I mean, it's quite a but not in Toronto. It, it's or yeah, Toronto too, because you can't enter Canada or whatever. But like, talk about a, a bombshell on the third day of spring training or whatever. Like, sheesh, and it. It's very targeted that it affects just a couple teams here. So, I mean, you know, I don't understand all these rules. I live in Connecticut. You know, I don't I mean, I obviously get the gist of what they're talking about, but 
I'm not a New Yorker, so I don't quite grasp everything, but you know, I'll just say as a Mets fan, fix it so I could so I don't have to lose any of my players. Like maybe that's that's the best way I could go about it. But it's definitely gonna be something that bears watching over the next, you know, three, three and a half weeks until opening day. Yeah, it is. It's a situation that is definitely worth monitoring and uh we'll we'll keep an eye on it, of course, as we always do. All right, let's unpack the rest of the mailbag. We obviously had the question from Yosef breaking down all these guys that were supposed to be traded or were rumored to be traded and were not. Another question from Ira said, the bullpen needs Andrew Chafin. Why hasn't this happened yet? Adam Adovino, who pretty much has walked the ballpark the last five years, is not the fix. So I, I will clarify as the number one uh, supporter of signing the sheriff, Andrew Chafin. Adovino has nothing to do with whether they get Chafin or not. He was just an addition to the bullpen because Jerry's familia went to the Phillies and they were down an arm in the bullpen. And, and I, you listen, I'm sure there'll be times this year where I'm pulling my hair out watching Adovino because I do that with almost every player that's ever put on a bullpen uniform for the New York Mets in my entire life. But I, I, it's just a move that I shrug my shoulders and go, you know what? I'd rather have him than not have him. I'll say that rather than, God, the Anthony Bonda days of last year. <laughs> so I, I've learned my lesson. Um, but I, I totally agree with the first part here, Ira. The Mets have money. They don't. They do not give a you know what about this the Steve Cohen tax. They just don't care. Clearly, find a way to get Chafin in here. I would like to see him on a two year deal. As much as I know relievers are volatile, I am a huge advocate or you know believer of this two year window that I want the Mets to build and. And I would like to not have to go through a kind of a loop situation that they went through this year where that this is a hole and we are, you know, four weeks out from real games. Yeah. As far as out of, you know, I look at him as just like familiar left. We're just replacing him with, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, guys that don't throw strikes on every yeah, night, a, per, a pretty similar, like obviously different, but a, a bit, uh, bit similar like you said don't throw strikes on a given night you don't know what you're getting but they'll both they're both uh gonna miss bats so Adovino's fine he's gonna be a middle reliever for the team and it was definitely imperative that the Mets kept having a number zero and 99 because Stroman left so there wasn't a zero on the team Adovino fulfills that quota so they're they're good on the uniform numbers as far as Chafin why hasn't happened yet I I I imagine it's contractual length. I don't think the Mets want to go multi-year. I think they want to sign someone for one year. And uh, Chafin probably saw what Jake Diekman got and obviously what Aaron Loop got and wants that type of thing. So there could be some disagreement there. And, you know, maybe the Mets fold and go to two years or maybe they just signed someone else for one year. Uh, I think they'll continue to stay in the Andrew Chafin market, but you know, just because he's the best remaining lefty does, you know, on paper doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that's the guy the Mets are going to sign. Uh, they could like when we uh, when we talk tomorrow or, or when you listen to this podcast, I mean, tomorrow, Andrew Chafin might be a Met like this stuff is still uh, very fluid. So I think there will be a lefty added. It could be Andrew Chafin. It could be someone else. Uh, I, I do think, you know, to Ira's point, it. They obviously need to add a lefty to this bullpen. And maybe it is Chafin, maybe it's not. And Buck's been asked about it, or, or Epler, I forget. I think it was Epler. And they talked about the lefties that are in camp. But, you yeah. know, that's, 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 I mean, that's, that's what they're going to do. do. Yeah, you yeah. have to talk about what, I mean, the last thing you're going to say is, 
you know, especially a guy like Alex we gotta Claudio. We got to go get someone. Yeah, and a guy like Alex Claudio who spent time in the big leagues. It's not like Alex Claudio is a career minor leaguer or something. They brought him in, minor league deal, invite to compete. The last thing you want to do is be like, well, hell, we have nothing here, so we need a lefty. Uh, so they'll, I, I am confident that they will add someone, like you said, the Steve Cohen tax. They're not, they're not overly concerned about it. Uh, I don't think there's, you know, anything big coming, like I spoke about before. But I'd be pretty surprised if, in the next, I don't know, week, let's call it, that the Mets didn't add a left-handed reliever. Okay, the last question of the mailbag. And don't worry, we're not wrapping up in like three minutes here. Um, if you're worried about us just hitting the half hour mark right now, you know that that's so that's podcast is not a not traditionally a 20 to 30 minute show. This is from Nick Pauly, who said, what were you doing when the lockout ended and how did you celebrate? So ironically, uh, Joe and I were on the phone during when that <laughs> happened and we were not on the phone because we were you know, watching that 3 p.m. deadline or whatever it was, expecting the answer. Uh, We were on the phone because Joe and I have found our next home uh, for our Mets podcasting days. And I can't even express like if your first reaction is, oh, no, (laughs) don't don't have that reaction. I can't express how positive of a thing this is if you are enjoying and have enjoyed this show, whether you've been here since day one, whether you listen when Max Scherzer signs, you like the big news, the emergency episodes, or whether you just like the mailbag or whatever it may be. Um, the That's So Mets crew, which is Joe and I, are still going to be doing Mets content every single week. And we are still going to be doing a Mets podcast every single week. We've just been, and when it's, you know, officially official, you will know uh, from our Twitter accounts and and it will be hard to miss. I will say that even if you don't follow either of us individually as a Mets fan, I think you will know this was a opportunity um, that, quite frankly, full transparency was a goal for me and Joe basically since day the first show we ever recorded and where we're going and what we're doing is going to make this show even better than what it is now. Everything that you guys like, because we've appreciated how vocal you are, the mailbag, the covering the minors, the draft, obviously very urgent Mets news, recaps, previews, all that stuff is not going anywhere. We are just going somewhere that I, I it's going to be unbelievable. And um, it was simply an opportunity that we cannot pass. And this is such good news and requires you as a listener to do almost no new work to find us. <laughs> I can't give it away. But, Joe, t- take the mic, man. Um, you know, obviously without officially giving it away. But yeah. w- what's happening? Just a super exciting time. I mean, like you said, the, what is happening next has been a goal of ours. So. The fact that we were to get in position to accomplish this goal is a big thanks to everyone who listens, subscribes, downloads, interacts. Because, I mean, it'd be very easy for me to ask for questions and not get any responses. But every week I do it, you know, 
a lot of it, you know, Steve Miller makes sure to come through with a few every week, but there's a, there's always, you know, 20 plus responses every week, sometimes as much as 40 responses. And we have to grab three or four questions per, per show. So like Connor said, it's going to be awesome. You know, everything that you know about that. So Mets, like it's not changing as, you know, as far as what our content is, you're going to be stuck hearing Connor and, and my voice still. Like that's that's not changing. Uh, just a real exciting opportunity that I think is you know great for the show. It's gonna be great for everyone listening. And yeah, man, I I couldn't be happier. And you know, w- once everything's officially official, make sure you check out my Twitter account at PSL the Flushing and Connor's uh, Twitter account at Connor J Rogers. And you know, we'll make sure we break the news there. And yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone will be overly disappointed i would be shocked and and i think if possible we will try to do you know a quick farewell farewell maybe on this feed one more time this is our last official that's so mets on this feed for now uh maybe we'll do a a farewell one more time on the feed so we can also redirect you where we're going to be for the people because i'm always shocked there are people that listen to the show that that don't have twitter yet. i don't have twitter that that might have facebook or i don't have facebook so i don't i don't know like that world obviously and or might not have anything they might have been referenced from i don't know their kid or whoever or or my parents like that kind of yeah. thing so i think that we will do our best to make sure it's you know nobody's like oh my god where did they go why don't i get the new but I, all I can say is we will be very hard to miss if you are a Mets fan. And uh, Joe, I'm glad that you started it with it's because of everybody that listens and participates and engages with this show. Thanks to you, what we've built is a community. And now where we're going and what we'll be able to do is make this community so much even somehow better with new aspects of the show right that's all i can say but it, it'll be it will feel surreal um what we'll be able to do with this show who will be able to you know help interact with this show and with you like your questions will be going places that you never probably thought they could go <laughs> um and and it's going to make the community even bigger and more engaging and you know if you've liked the youtube comment there's going to be so much more of us doing video, you know, video potential uh, reactions, social media things. So, God, it's really hard to do one of these signoffs when you can't say where, where, and what it yeah. is. Yeah. But you know, it's um, you know, and we've had we've had a great experience being uh, on the Blue Wire family. A special thank you to our editor Neil, who has just been, I mean, absolute every, boss, an yeah. absolute boss. I mean, every time. These shows, there are people that listen to the show when it goes live, live on Tuesday nights before they go to bed. And that's because when we send Neil the show, there's no time in between. He gets the show up so fast that the Tuesday night listeners can interact with it. And it's um, that's been a huge factor of this show's growth, just knowing when that show arrives for you every day. So I yeah, it, and a yeah. shout and you just, you know, uh, going with that shout to Neil, like sometimes we don't start recording till six o'clock. Sometimes. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's times when we're sending him the audio at 7 p.m. and that podcast is out on Tuesday night. You may not see it until you wake up in the morning, but, you know, 
Neil's the man. So yeah, it's yeah. been or we changed the day. Awesome. I, yeah. I mean, oh, we've know, done that a couple of times. We've done sure. that a couple of times on a whim because of scheduling conflicts and um and and that has kept an unbelievable streak up for us. I, I mean, I, I don't I can't think of a time where we miss a show. And that is with obviously you being very busy, especially around the draft when you're on call all the time, me traveling for draft stuff uh, for NFL stuff. And, and, you know, obviously that's not going to change either. I think our, our Iron Man streak, our Cal Ripken <laughs> podcasting streak nope. isn't yeah. going anywhere. So with that being said, Joe, episode 85, uh, closing thoughts. Glad baseball's back. This is a, uh, the most loaded show we've had in a while. Like uh, I was, it was a great surprise to look at, the rundown and the first oh, thing man. not say CBA talk. Like it was Mets trade for Chris Bassett, which is like, that's a real move that happened. Baseball's back. And, you know, like, like we said off uh, at the end there, thank you to everyone. You know, this is episode 85. We've done 85 episodes of this thing and you all have stayed. So I keep just stay tuned because it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're on that rocket ship to the moon. So uh, stay with us, everybody. And we will talk to you real soon. Now you can get McDonald's crispy chicken sandwich. McDonald's spicy crispy chicken sandwich. And or filet of fish. Any two for just six bucks. Sounds really good, doesn't it? Prices and participation may vary. A single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.